Spider-Man and Frogman. Welcome to FW Team Up, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm Siskoid. And I'm Amélie Montour. Taking you through a classic, classic? Hmm. Superhero <laughs> team up, Spider-Man and Frogman from Marvel Team Up number 131, cover dated July 1983. And Amélie, this is, this is actually your second time on the show. Do you think you've uh, grown as a comic book fan since then? I think so. I really enjoyed this one. It was really fun. But yeah, I think I think as the years go on with Ohatmu 2, we're just getting more into understanding how the comic world works. Especially for characters up through G. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, in each episode of FW Team Up, uh, one panelist picks one character to defend. So in this case, I'm AD. Who do you want? I want Frogman. Okay, I will take Spider-Man. Uh, and as is customary, we preface with a reason or reasons why we like the characters we've chosen. I mean, uh, what's so great about Frogman? Okay, well, when the ladies and I saw Frogman on Ohatmu or not, uh, he was a clear hot, obviously. <laughs> uh, the pure absurdness of the suit is just amazing. And the foot coils and the eyes that you can see through the mouth uh, it's just the most amazing thing. And I just love the idea that he's trying to redeem his father for his crimes, his leapfrog, uh, that we see actually in this comic. His dad is just a real asshole, but he's, he's just a really good person trying to, trying to fix his reputation. And he just sounds like an overall good guy who just wants to fit in and likes superheroes. And he's just really relatable to me. Um, and I mean, if you listen to a hot move, we clearly have a weird thing for animal characters. Uh, armadillo, yep. Dragon Man, yep. Gorgon, yes. in a way, yeah. So <laughs> that comes up a lot. A lot of the beasts. Yeah, we're into it. In the least weird way possible. <laughs> yeah, including frogs. And I guess there is something about frogs for us as French-speaking people. Yeah, there's something there. Yeah, there is, because... The cliche that French people eat frog legs. That's what, that's what we get called. That's our, know, that's the racial slur that we absurd. get called in the it's street. It's absurd. In the street. What? I've been, yeah, French frog. Stuff. I've never been called a French frog. I think it's like a little before my time. I don't think it's as much of a thing. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was very weird in the early 90s. Like it felt like a throwback from the 70s. Yeah. And it was bizarre at the time, but it did happen to me once. <laughs> I was walking away from, uh, you know, a French language university. That's how they know. I mean, <laughs> how invisible else? minority. Well, you were holding a baguette and a croissant. I <laughs> had, I think I had a book bag with the university oh. logo on it or something. With the baguette. In yeah. It. <laughs> I got to school. I was going to school. So I got there and um, there was an, uh, an English speaking student in my class. And I, I told him about it. Like, I was, I was like kind of shocked that this happened to me. And, uh, he said, Oh, I think that was my dad. <laughs> oh, no! Yeah. His dad was like a raging francophobe. Well, I guess that's what yeah. we call it. Yeah. And, um, uh, he used to, like, every year when he got the phone book, he used to rip out the pages, oh the, the French language pages. And he just dropped them off. 
So I sort of like described the car, you know, and it's like, yeah, I think that was my dad. Oh my God. Was so he, he felt bad about it. Because he was embarrassed. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. It is embarrassing. That's absurd. I know, but yeah. I mean, it's something that exists. It just. It, it's more online now. Like yeah. people won't scream at us. We didn't you, have but... online back then. Yeah. There's a lot of online. Also, I think both of us, we've, we've worked in, in French language situations yes. quite a lot, you know, so maybe we're not exposed. To that sort of yeah, but you know. I I work for a French nonprofit that's mm. a lot like involved in the news and everything. So I we still get a lot of the comments on our pages and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I don't know if Frogman <laughs> is an avatar for <laughs> the French speaking minority. Uh, probably not. But uh, I think he's relatable for other reasons. There, there's something to it, and we do have a. Um, we have a saying amongst ourselves, just ourselves, the frogs be frogs. Yeah, frogs be frogs. Frogs be frogs. And that's yeah. um, that's the thing with the fable with the scorpion. The scorpion yeah. gets on the, you know, the end of that thing is you shouldn't have trusted the scorpion because he can't resist his, his nature. So scorpions be scorpions. But um, the frog is a good That's soul. it. The, I think <laughs> the, the reverse of the story is also true. The frog cannot help itself but to help the scorpion, even if it knows. That it's going to get stung. Right. And uh, there's a lesson in that. Yeah. And I think I think that Frogman can relate to that. Too. Yeah, yeah. I think he's totally a frog. Uh, but so is Spider-Man, I guess. Frogs yeah. be frogs. They they can't help but to be good people. And damn the scorpions. So, Siskoid, what's one thing that you like about Spider-Man? Uh, well, you know, I get to talk about Spider-Man often. So this time I'll single out uh, a thing that I, re- I really connect to the trolling aspect of the character. Uh, the smart mouth hero who uses jokes to destabilize the villain and at the same time uh, convince himself he's not afraid. I think that's part of it, to keep the attitude up. And it's a similar attitude that, that I've had towards bullies and um, it hasn't really panned out. Yeah. It's, it's a good way to get beaten up more, but hey. Yeah. Then, then, but then you can think the deep wound in your ego was worth it. <laughs> so it's better to walk away than to run your mouth, yeah. I, w- I would say. <laughs> but I think Spider-Man, well, he's better equipped. But he comes from the same thing. He's He was the little nerd who got beaten up in school. So I think uh, maybe he wasn't so smart mouth with Flash Thompson, his bully. But I think it comes from the same source. Mm-hmm. But he's a bit of a bully in this one, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. Let's talk about the publication history of Frogman here. Spider-Man needs no introduction, I think. Our friend uh, Eugene Patelio is the son of the first villain. You you mentioned it. The villain who called himself Leapfrog, uh, who used an exosuit that enhanced uh, jumping ability. <laughs> and uh, he ran afoul of Daredevil. He reformed, but struggled financially and emotionally after his wife died. Uh, and it was in Marvel Team-Up number 121, that's 10 issues ago from the one we're covering, that Eugene was introduced finding his father's suit in the closet and deciding to rid himself uh, or rid his father of the ghost of Leapfrog by using it for good as the fabulous Frogman. Fabulous. Mm, in that introductory <laughs> tale, he almost accidentally uh, helped Spider-Man and the Human Torch defeat Speed Demon. Today, we'll cover his second appearance, MTU 131. So I won't go into details about that story. And then for the next decade after that, he would appear about once a year, usually in a Spider-Man story. Uh, he tried to join the Defenders, but his father, who wasn't initially on board with his superheroics, uh, brought him home by the ear. Uh, he started working with the Toad and Spider-Kid in a group called the Misfits, 
And after 1992, the character fell into disuse. And uh, it's like it takes 15 years before he really makes a, a strong appearance where they make him part of the Avengers Initiative. And he joins a group called Action Pack, <laughs> serving out of Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, so he's been in the background of various events ever since. Uh, most notably in the Spider Island event where he helped the Avengers against another Ohadmu favorite, Flag Smasher. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't Smag know about... Flasher? <laughs> Smag Flasher. So I, I don't know about how favorite he is, but uh, you did have a, a hoot dissecting that one. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. All right, well, if you're ready, let's get into this issue. Let's uh, tell the tale. It's not easy being green. Having to spend each day the color of the leaves. The best things in life are free, but everything else costs money. By writer J.M. DeMatteis and artists Carrie Gamble and Mike Esposito, who created Frogman. Alright, so this story begins in a Quickie Burger diner in Manhattan, where the White Rabbit Gang, a woman dressed as the uh, rabbit in Alice in Wonderland, and five goons armed with guns come in to rob the place. The man at the cash register protests and whips out a gun, but his efforts are futile uh, because out of the top of the umbrella of White Rabbit, uh, she shoots out razor-tipped carrots. Absurd. We then learn that the henchmen believe that their leader is off her nuts, but they're still in it for the money. Eugene, aka Frogman, is sitting at the diner and decides to take action. So he dips into the bathroom to change and is followed by one of the henchmen, thinking that he is a kid trying to escape, who quickly regrets his decision as Frogman's badly adjusted leaping coils send him on a crazy rebound around the bathroom. Frogman leaps into the diner and tries to apprehend the gang, but they have already acquired the cash and make for their escape. Frogman follows them out, but White Rabbit lets out a flare from her umbrella and makes her escape. As Frogman regains his senses, the henchman from the bathroom arrives, ready to finish off Frogman, and prepares to shoot. As he does, a spider web yanks his gun up, and he misses Frogman. It's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man coming in with a kick to the face. Spidey then captures all the goons with one well-placed web, throwing one of them in such a way as to entangle the whole gang. But when he turns to Frogman for thanks... Frogman denies him and says that he would have been fine without his help. Spidey tells him that he's not a superhero and gives us a recap of the story of how Frogman's small-time supervillain father, Leapfrog, was caught by Daredevil and jailed and how his son is now on a mission to rebrand the costume that his father wore and turn it into a positive symbol. Sadly, when Frogman saves the day, it's due to his clumsiness and is more of an accident than anything. Spidey threatens to call Eugene's father and tell him what his son is up to, so he surrenders and heads home, but not before letting out a quick comment about prejudice because of his web feet. Spidey swings away, musing about how Frogman reminds him of himself at that age, but he doesn't think electric leaping coils are enough to compensate for naivete. He's off to see his friend, Roger Hodgeberg, who wanted to see Peter Parker about a personal matter. It seems his mom's been sick and he can't pay her hospital bills. Peter promises to help, and as Spider-Man, he might be able to by capturing the white rabbit and collecting the reward. Frogman, in the meantime, quietly creeps back into his room, being extra quiet so that his father doesn't catch him, but to no avail. His father bursts in, full of rage, having heard about the robbery and the appearance of the man in the frog suit. 
Eugene apologizes, but his dad follows up with the apology of his own, saying that his temper, along with the pressure of the bills and his dead-end job, are getting to him. Eugene, in hopes of helping his father, sets out to collect the reward for White Rabbit's capture. In the meantime, Eugene's father meets up with a man who brings him to the lair of the White Rabbit, who is preparing to rob a book fair full of invaluable books. Unaware of her escalating plan, Spider-Man has been looking for the White Rabbit in every fast food joint in town. With no luck. He's about to go home when... Frogman arrives, bouncing around in the traffic below. He almost gets hit by a truck, but is saved by Spidey's webs. Frogman shares his plans and asks to tag along with Spidey. While Spider-Man doesn't want Eugene to tag along, a passing van for the Mad Hatter's chapeau shop gets his spider sense tingling. Frogman recognizes that it's the same van the White Rabbit used, even if it has a different signage on the side. He jumps after the Spider-Man to help. He wants the reward, too. The van's driver catches sight of the heroes and tells his boss. She thinks it would really help her reputation if she assassinated a superhero, <laughs> so she has the driver pull over. At gunpoint, when they question the order, Spidey pulls Frogman out of the way in the nick of time as the van's doors open and the goons open fire. Eugene's dad, however, doesn't go out. He has no interest in murder. But the White Rabbit pushes him out of the van. As Frogman tries to fight back the goons, he comes face to face with his father, who is just as surprised to see him as he is. Meanwhile, Roger is visiting his mom at the hospital, and he spies the action from her room window. Spider-Man kicking ass and taking names. Eugene's father tells him to grab Spidey and leave, but his son hesitates, wanting to stick around, knowing that his father has returned to a life of crime. Seeing the day may be lost, the White Rabbit activates her boot jets and flies off, congratulating herself on her escape. The cops arrive at the same time, and Spider-Man being a wanted man, they order him to freeze. Frogman leaps into the air and takes off to capture the White Rabbit, while his father gets approached by the cops. White Rabbit starts shooting at him, but her boot jets start to malfunction. They both crash into Roger's mother's hospital room, and as White Rabbit tries to make an escape for the door, Roger hits her over the head with a vase. Spidey jumps into the broken window, informing Roger that he's earned his reward for capturing the White Rabbit. At the same moment, the police walk in with Eugene's dad, saying that Roger will have to split the reward with Patilio because he too has assisted with the capture as an undercover agent for them. Hmm, Spider-Man's disappeared. So he can grab the last remaining henchman. Three days later, Peter Parker helps Roger shop for his mother, and it seems even half the reward money is enough to cover the hospital bills and treat her and his girlfriend to something nice. As he walks by a restaurant window, he recognizes the people inside, but they don't recognize him. Eugene and his father are sitting at the restaurant, bonding over a meal and cheersing over the fabulous frogman. But... Why wonder, why wonder, I'm green, it'll do fine, it's beautiful, and I think it's what I want to be. All right, so that's a story. <laughs> Frogman's second adventure ever. I really liked it. I really enjoyed Frogman. It's the first time I see him in action and not just on the Ohatmu pages. Um, so that was really exciting. But I really liked him. He's a super interesting, complex character with a lot of... <laughs> no, I think so. He's got a lot of character traits that are really specific 
to him. He's super excited to get into suit, and he's kind of like how Ant-Man is in that um, Civil War movie. Mm. When he's really jacked to see all the, the other superheroes. I think that's kind of fun. But yeah, I, I thought it was a really, really interesting story. And I, I, for some reason, was not expecting the other undercover uh, copness of uh, his dad. Yeah, yeah. They play his dad as if he were almost violent. And uh, then you see him go to the lair of the White Rabbit. You think, uh, okay, this is a story where he's been pushed too far, and he's going to go back to crime. Yeah, so I was really surprised. It was well written. Well, Jim DeMatteis is, is no slouch. <laughs> uh, I do kind of question the one-note nature of one character trait that Frogman exhibits, and that's, he talks about his weight. Like, there's so many jokes about his weight. Yeah, I don't like that. You know, he just ate three burgers. He, he gained weight since he went to camp. So this is a superhero yeah. who went to camp. <laughs> <laughs> he's always mentioning it. How so, old is he in this? Well, he's supposed to be a teenager. He's at the malt shop or the diner or whatever. <laughs> and and Spider-Man clearly says, oh, at my age. Yeah. And he started when he was a teen. Yeah. So I'm thinking he's, uh, I don't know, 16. Yeah. But no, the the whole eating Twinkies and mm-hmm, all that's that, right, it's, yeah. it's a little too much. There's almost, a, yeah, it's almost a hostess <laughs> cake ad at yeah, one pretty point. Much, pretty much. <laughs> so I think that's a little on the nose. Clearly supposed to be comic relief. And he wins, like you said, uh, because of his clumsiness more than any kind of skills that yeah. <laughs> he might have. So maybe he has like a luck power that we don't know about. And Spider-Man um, isn't into it. You, know? you were saying he was the bully in this and maybe, yeah, he is. It's like Eugene can't get a break because his dad doesn't want him to do it. Spider-Man doesn't want him to do it. Nobody wants him to do it. Yeah. And maybe Spider-Man's a little... I thought he was a bit of a jerk. But Eugene is sassy with him. He fights back a little bit and I like that. He doesn't let Spider-Man just tell him how it is, and he takes it, and he serves him some, too. I think that's true. We've worked with youths. With youths, as our cousin <laughs> Vinny might say. Youths. Uh, we've worked with youths, and um, very often, when you're older, they come across as impatient, foolishly idealistic. Because my background working with them, and you have the same, a similar background now, mm-hmm. I think that's an important part of of being young and yeah. and pushing things uh, later. You're too cynical to push. I think that's valuable in society. Yeah, certain walls just don't exist yet. Yeah, and good. It mm-hmm. just means maybe sometimes you can break through that wall because it wasn't it wasn't that strong in the first place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but an older person refuses to even do so yeah. and question. You know, so I I think Spider Man here is showing his age. Yeah. As a young adult, uh, looking down on the teenager and saying, well, you know, you're not equipped, but Peter, <laughs> were you ever equipped? Because he's a hard luck hero. Yeah. He's the original hard luck hero. Yeah. He's, he's not, he's no more equipped than, you know, his life is always going yeah. wrong. No, definitely. Uh, and he was also raised by a single parent. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there, there's a lot of comparisons. So Spider-Man's being a, you know, a bit of a douche uh, in this case, or just forgetting his own past, maybe. Yeah, I think so. What did you think of White Rabbit? That's this is her first appearance. She's she will never be a big, you know, <laughs> like a A-list mm-hmm. villain. But what did you think of White Rabbit? At first, I didn't understand the language. No, not that I didn't understand the language. I didn't understand the why for the language she was using. It's very like eloquent, yeah, and, verbose. Yeah, mm. using words that I'm sure a seven-year-old reader of these comics is like, what? Well, you know, I, whenever we talk with us older comic book readers. We had a certain verbosity in school. Because of this? Because of comics. Uh-huh. So, you know, like I probably was the only 
French-speaking uh, <laughs> fifth grader who knew what omnipotent meant. Yeah. Sort of thing. So, you know, it's like, yeah. it's the stuff that you catch from, from these books. Maybe you look through a dictionary at that age and you learn words that the other kids don't know. But yeah, she is very um, literate. You know, her shtick is uh, basically an obsession with Lewis Carroll. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland. And I'm that. not sure how I feel about that. It's kind of weird. It's kind of <laughs> random. I don't know. <laughs> and I just, I don't, <sighs> I like the costume until you get up closer and her nose is pink. And it just throws me off. <laughs> yeah, because she's got the makeup. She's got like a white rabbit makeup and she draws the whiskers. But they're like, I don't even know if they're drawn. They're, they almost look like they're we have, we have sticking images out. Where, yeah, they're yeah, sticking no, they stick out. out. They stick out. Yeah, you're right. So they're, uh, they're a little... I don't like Maybe they, they're piercings. Uh, oh. <laughs> but I don't like the pig nose. If it wouldn't have been for that, the image on the first page that we see her isn't that bad. But I don't know. There's yeah. just something about that nose that bothers me. And I don't like her weapon. I just find it kind of cop-out-y. Because it shoots everything. It's Well, it's like... Um... It's like she stole it from the penguin or something. Yeah. <laughs> the it's penguin just... does this. Uh, not carrots. It doesn't shoot carrots, of course. It's carrots and then gas knockout or, gas. Yeah. And then, what is it? A, a, a flare? I don't know. And she just seems to be holding it. <laughs> like, it, I, I want to see a diagram for this umbrella. Are we going to see her in Ohamu? Is she going to get a diagram? <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> w is quite far. I don't think she gets an entry in Ohatmu. At least not like the first volume, yeah. the first deluxe volume. I don't think so. Jose would love her. Probably. Yeah. I mean, there. yeah. I mean, <laughs> she looks like a composite. Some of the Ohatmu girls have like, one of them has this coat. <laughs> and, you know, the pink stuff Jose would probably like. My pocket watch. Yeah, I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if there's supposed to be a, like a um, Playboy bunny vibe to it. I didn't pick up on that no. until right now. I'm thinking about it. I don't think so. I don't know. It just it's weird. <laughs> You're an adult. <laughs> like I don't know. I just uh, I can't relate. <laughs> but she isn't very relatable at all. No, but she's insane. Also. <laughs> yeah, she's got that lair. She's got the the goons have to go down a hole in the ground, yeah. like a tunnel, just like Alice. Yeah, when your goons think you're crazy, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's like Batman kind of villain. That's why the penguin comes to mind. Or yeah, it's um, it's very from that kind of universe. Yeah, I think the Superman family ever eventually also had a female rabbit villain. It's a thing. <laughs> I guess it's a thing. It, which is weird because I like rabbits. I don't know. I'm telling you that nose. It's just that freaking nose. Well, she didn't appear much after this. Uh, not really until 2006. So, uh, and then she had like a surprising number of appearances as a C-list Spider-Man villain. But she's been around, at this point, it's her first appearance, but she's been around. They've seen her on TV. There's like this month-long crime wave of yeah. really petty crime. <laughs> You're just robbing fast food shops. There's not much to it, and yet they haven't caught her. Yeah. She's so fascinated with these fed food places. I don't know. <laughs> it's all very weird. I don't... No. <laughs> okay. Not hot. No. What if she had, like, fishnets? It feels like she should have fishnets. <laughs> she nets. should have fishnets. Yeah. Especially that she has big, furry boots. There needs to be an in-between between the bikini and the boots. Other than the design, uh, did you like the art in this? Yeah. I like the color palette on it. I find it interesting. Well, everything that's the opposite of green is purple. So there's a lot of purple in there, too. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, the villains to make are the dressed contrast. in... Yeah. 
And that's visually pleasing. I like it. So colorist here was Bob Sharon. Give it up for Bob. Uh, yeah. And of course, it's, it's Cary Gamble, somewhat early in his career, who became a very strong Superman artist later, and one of the creators of Frogman. So they're just coming back to their own character a few issues later uh, in this. Indeed, they are returning to several things because this is the same Quickie Burger as in um, Marvel Team-Up number 125. They mention it. There's something happened in 125. I checked. It's a a fight between uh, Spider-Man and Tigra fight the Absorbing Man. And they crash into... A quickie burger. It's mentioned. And uh, and then they wreck everything. But you don't see any employees in that okay. comic. So, who knows? But it might explain the fact, the, the reason they, they've got a gun under the cash register. I mean, they're quick to pull a gun. Yeah. America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really quick to pull a gun. If you went to McDonald's and they armed their employees, I don't know. Yeah, because they just stepped in and Frogman has time to change. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, after that. So, it's a long... Like, if you count the time between when he pulls the gun and then he changes, (laughs) like, they're probably there for, I don't know, like, 15 minutes, and it's pulled within the first, like, minute. It's true. No, they're quick. I mean, it's like they've been waiting for this. Yeah, they knew. (laughs) Um, You know, supervillains are always crashing the quickie burger. (laughs) It's hardly a subplot, but I guess maybe it's an inside joke in Marvel Team Up at this point. Give some personality to to New York City. I'm guessing that's what's happening. <laughs> the other strange character to me is Roger's mom. I don't know about the subplot, the Roger Hotchberg yeah. subplot, but the mom. What's up with that? She's very passive aggressive. Maybe she's high on morphine or something. I mean, she's <laughs> in the hospital, but, you know, he talks about his girlfriend mm-hmm. and um, and she keeps getting the name wrong. Yeah. His girlfriend's called Mia and she, ke- she keeps calling her Pia as if that's a name. Well, yeah. maybe it's a name. I don't know. If your name's Pia, no judgment. But it's a very strange... Yeah. In 1983. <laughs> it's not like a common mistake. No, but she seems kind of out of it. But it's it's just like Roger has this mom he has to take care of, but she's really, I don't know, distracted and doesn't really pay attention to him. So yeah. this is probably an ongoing thing in the comic at this point. She says, like, that little girlfriend of yours... Like, that's very demeaning. Yeah, well, it's like, oh, you're going to leave me for her. You're going to... Yeah. It's really a, a guilt trip. Yeah. Is the thing. So, yeah. but by the end of this, Roger has all the money. And, yeah. And, you know, he can take care of her. And, and he wants to. I mean, he's very much the pushover in this. Uh, he's never going to stand up to his mom. But I'm uh, curious if there's a follow-up to that. There must be. I want to know. I don't know. Because Peter Parker has a lot of friends. But they, they stick around, you know, it's a, it's a lived-in universe. with, And the friends he had in, the, like, the late 70s, early 80s are probably the people I know the less about. You know, it's not Mary Jane and, and Harry Osborn yeah, yeah. and Gwen Stacy or anything. It's and There's, like, a bunch of new people that he befriends. I've never even heard of Roger Hodgeberg, or I don't remember him from any other comics, but I'm sure he existed before and existed after this. So um, it'd be interesting when we do other Marvel team-ups There's... To, to see if they, he, maybe he's specific to that series. I don't know. I hope so. I hope she keeps being passive-aggressive. Uh, I did want to mention the uh, the cover, uh, because it does feature the first ever appearance of the Frogman logo as well. He gets his own logo, because that's a team-up thing. They look like balloons, but they've got, they've got little warts on them, like a toad would. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, the costume is very that, though. The, it's very uh, hubba bubba. <laughs> That's true. That's true. There's a goofiness to discover with... I mean, especially the face in the corner. The frogman face in the corner. <laughs> Which is his thing. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense. All right, then. Who fared better? Our mini debate. First off, how well this fits into each of their stories or atmospheres. So, is this more of a frogman story or more of a Spider-Man story? I'd say it's more of a frogman story because you see all of the backstory with his dad and it, it's really, I feel like that's the biggest part of the plot. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's a lot more about frogman's growth in there with his dad. And I mean, Spider-Man's just having a typical old time fighting crime, nothing too specific other than Roger's story. And that's not even Spider-Man, it's Roger. That's right. At the end, White <laughs> Rabbit is caught by a combination of Roger and Frogman's dad. Yeah. Frogman wins the point. Cool moves. Uh, what is Frogman's coolest move? I mean, I don't think he really has any. <laughs> He's not a cool move kind of guy. I mean, the closest he comes to a cool move is maybe, I guess, he leaps really high and he, he gets to catch White Rabbit, who's flying on her well, you know, true. super fancy boots. But then they fall through a window. <laughs> so I don't know about that. For Spider-Man, uh, well, I think it's early on when he captures all those goons with just one swing. So he grabs the, well, the gun, but probably the arm, the hand of the of one goon. And then he f flips them around and then around the rest of the goons and ties them all up in one. It's like he's very, very efficient. Yeah. He's supposed to be the anti-Frogman. Yeah. Frogman's just like awkwardly jumping around, but Spider-Man's going to come in, boom, it's done. I think that's what makes Spider-Man so cocky in this one, mm. because of that super high contrast with how they function as superheroes. What about dumb moves? Weird moves? Uh, what is Frogman's dumbest move? I think dumb moves is his shtick. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just how he works. I mean, probably the dumbest one is just being around in traffic. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to bounce around uncontrollably, like be in a field or something, I don't know. Yeah, he almost gets hit by a truck. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man's dumbest move, I think, is is being a jerk or a snob to Eugene. When he knows how it feels, when he knows that this is the life. And he should be a mentor. Instead of just trying to crush the kids' dreams. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Especially, like, I mean, I know it's not in this same universe, but if you look at the movies with Iron Man, he's as much of a jerk with them the same way that he's right. being with Frogman. Yeah, it's the same kind of story, yeah. In Homecoming, yeah. Yeah, so in that perspective, he should be a lot more understanding. All right. What about the friendly farewell? This is a team-up tradition. I'm not sure which part is supposed to be the farewell <laughs> between the two heroes, because there's, in one case, Spider-Man leaves the room unnoticed, without a goodbye. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Frogman sort of has to deal with what's going on. He's, he's very weak on secret identity, because, you know, he's <laughs> hugging his dad in the costume. Calls him dad. <laughs> in front of the police, while the dad is wearing a wire. Um, <laughs> but there's also the last page... Which is Spider-Man uh, or Peter Parker seeing Eugene and his dad in the restaurant unnoticed, but sort of acknowledging that mm -hmm. uh, they've gone through something and they've become closer as a result. And he calls them old friends. He that's, says, oh yeah, I saw, I saw some cute. old friends. That's cute. 
So is this a good friendly farewell, or is Spider-Man a jerk to the end? No, I think so. I think he comes to terms with the fact that Frogman is fabulous. (laughs) To a certain extent. (laughs) Because he couldn't have done it without him. And Roger. All right, well, uh, we'll take a break for a couple of promos, and then we'll be back with our bonus team-ups. Coming soon from Amalgam Comics. He's amazing. He's fabulous. Spider-Frog. When Peter Patilio is bitten by a frog-spider genetic hybrid during a school tour, the nerdy high school student becomes a human jumping spider able to bound over buildings. After school every day, Peter must juggle crime-fighting and caring for his frail-aged father. Life is hard for Spider-Frog. Don't miss the next issue's special Jumping on Point. Which is the hottest Marvel character? Iron Man. Eight Man. I can't decide between Professor X and Magneto, so both. Loki. Is Wolverine Marvel? What about uh, White Tiger? What about uh, White Tiger? <laughs> Doc Samson. <laughs> Star Fox. That's a video game. The girls go on a journey to determine every Marvel character's hotness in Ohatmu or Not, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe podcast you didn't know you wanted. Available on iTunes and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Our final feature, the bonus team-up in which each of us proposes a perfect Frogman team-up. Amidi, who do you team up or team Frogman up with? I just... With whom do you team... <laughs> My syntax is, uh, is escaping me. The What's your bonus team up? <laughs> what's your frogman team up? Um, I decided to put Daredevil because he's the one who caught his father. And I think that could be an interesting story. Hmm. Do you think that there would be tension between Eugene and Daredevil? Or do you think that Eugene thinks Daredevil did a good thing? I think he might be less of a dick than Spider-Man. But I think it, would, it could be good in that whole path to redeeming... And, you know, taking that name away from the costume, I think it'd be important. So Daredevil sort of smells the coils and thinks Leapfrog is back. Yeah. Of course, they fight and then... <laughs> I'm surprised it doesn't already exist. Uh, I, we don't know that it doesn't. Mike, do, we? do your research. Do we? It's your research. You're <laughs> the know. one that proposed it. I know. I need to check. For me, I'm going to go with Frogman and Throg, the Frog of Thunder. Uh <laughs> It is the, I don't mean when Thor was a frog, but later on they just, they just gave a little hammer to an actual frog and and made that throg and it was part of the pet Avengers. So, um, I don't know who's the hero and who's the sidekick in that scheme because I think still throg, even though he's a little frog dressed as Thor, is still (laughs) more competent than Frogman on any given day. Obviously they'd have to go up against Frogman's one time partner, the Toad, so we just have like a frog. Yes. It's a frog-themed issue, uh, or perhaps there's a new leapfrog in town, Ooh. Oh. or something, or both, frogs be frogs. That, that would be the, the entire story. I kind of want to see the Thor frog just hanging on for dear life. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> onto uh, Frogman's costume, who's just, you know, bouncing out of control. In a field, hopefully. <laughs> Somebody write this <laughs> in Asgardian field. Oh, yeah. yeah. So thanks for teaming up with me, Amiri. Remind people where they can find you. Um, I'm on Ohatmu which is my pride and joy, really. <laughs> it's the thing that I like to do most. I'm Amy Ultraviolet. You can find me on Twitter at Millie Ultraviolet, 
on Instagram as Ultraviolet Montour. And uh, yeah, that's about it. All right. Well, uh, One More Not is, of course, on this very network. And I believe there was an episode just last week. So a reminder that we do enjoy reading your comments and that the best place for that is fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also visit the Fire and Water Podcast Network Facebook page or on Twitter. We are FW Podcasts. See you next time for another amazing superhero team up because after all, justice is a team effort. Donne-moi des pinottes, non, votre chambre, des alouettes en fausses notes.